Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. This is Reset. I'm Jen White. After months of fundraising, Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox officially announced last week that she's running for re-election. The Democratic primary is March 17th. Her decision to seek a second term comes amid a growing field of challengers and ongoing criticism of her office's handling of the Jesse Smollett case. As you may remember, Cook County prosecutors dropped charges against the Empire actor after he was charged with lying to police about an alleged hate crime against him. Since taking office in 2016, Fox has worked on bond reform, overturned convictions in dozens of cases, and shifted her office's focus away from low-level offenses and toward violent crime. She's also been an advocate for legalizing marijuana. Kim Fox joins us now to discuss her bid and more. Welcome to Reset. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So you're running for re-election. What would you say are your top one or two signature achievements since you took office in December 2016? Yeah, this race is about fundamentally moving our our criminal justice system forward and not backwards. And, you know, I'm pleased that we've been able to, over the course of the last three years, take on violent crime while at the same time addressing criminal justice reform. So when you ask what are the two things, you know, when I came into office in 2016, it was the bloodiest year in Chicago Since 1999, we had over 760 people shot or murdered, 4,000 people shot. And when we looked at how we were using our resources, the fact of the matter is we weren't addressing violent crime in the way that the people deserved. Um, And we're spending too much of our time on low-level offenses that weren't driving public safety. And so I'm pleased to say that in the course of that time that we've reallocated our resources to go after violent crime, um, that in addition to taking on violent crime, you know, we've stood up to President Trump and his attack on immigrant communities. Uh, We fought the NRA in court um, against our assault weapons ban that they've been challenging. And quite frankly, you know, the FOP and their efforts to take us backwards, who fundamentally don't believe that you can have criminal justice reform and public safety. And so I'm proud of our efforts around the legalization of marijuana. Governor Pritzker and I worked on that together. I'm I'm honored to have his endorsement in this race because he sees on the statewide level the need for justice reform and the conviction relief related to marijuana, as well as the issues related to gun violence and, and Mayor Lightfoot's support as well uh, as we've worked together to address gun violence in, in our neighborhoods. And bond reform and having the support of President Preckwinkle, who, again, had the opportunity to work with on these issues and our ability to rise above politics to tackle these issues to keep our community safe. Now, you announced your reelection bid in a short video where you say about the Jesse Smollett case, quote, truth is, I didn't handle it well. I own that. You go on to say you're making changes to make sure you do better. What specifically did you mishandle? You know, Jen, as I said, when I came into office, we were shifting the way we used our resources, going towards violent crimes and not just on low-level offenses. And the responsibility for me as the state's attorney to ensure that when we're doing our work, people understand why we do our work and how we're doing it, that's on me. And in our handling of the case of that, I fell short on that. And so what we're doing is making changes in our office to make sure that we're more engaged, that people understand the hows and the whys we do our work. But the fact of the matter is that this election isn't about one case. 
It's about moving our criminal justice system forward, about keeping our community safe, investing in the things like, you know, our gun crime strategies unit, taking on the NRA, um, and protecting our communities. That's what this race is about. But looking back specifically, what would you do differently? You know, again, reemphasize to the public that when we were, when I was elected in 2016, it was on a fundamental change in our justice system and focusing on violent crime and using our carceral state uh, for people who are a threat to our, our communities. And in doing that, making sure that the people understand how that, what that looks like, but also focusing the attention on the fact that in the last Six months, our office has continued to prosecute first-degree homicide cases, um, almost 40 cases just since April, since this conversation around this one case has taken place. That in August, you know, we put the killers of Tyshawn Lee behind bars where parents were afraid to send their children out to schools um, because of what happened. And so, you know, we'll continue to talk about how we engage and use our resources, but do the very hard work, which is fighting violent crime in our communities every day. A special prosecutor, Dan Webb, is investigating whether political influence played a role in your office's decision to drop the Smollett charges. How concerned are you about your vulnerability in a Democratic primary in March or even the November general election against a Republican? You know, I'm concerned about moving our criminal justice system forward. There's a fundamental choice that people will have to make, whether, you know, you believe it with President Trump and the NRA and the FOP uh, that criminal justice reform is, you know, a thing that, that, that we don't deserve here. They want to take us back or whether you believe in the work that we've done. We've become a national model uh, for reform. With presidential nominees, our presidential candidates are talking about legalizing marijuana, decriminalizing poverty, bond reform, all the things that we're doing here. And so my focus is on continuing to advance these issues while keeping our community safe um, and watching a, a national platform talk about these issues. And, and that excites me. That actually excites me. This is Reset, and we're speaking with Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox about her recently announced re-election bid. The Democratic primary is getting closer and closer. It's on March 17th. Coming up later this hour, we check in with two regular contributors to the show. Mary Wisniewski from the Chicago Tribune will be here to talk transportation. And Tanika Johnson joins us with the latest on her Folded Met project, which is all about connecting Chicagoans across lines of difference. Stay tuned. Well, you mentioned the Fraternal Order of Police State's Attorney, and they're one of your main critics. Uh, That's the union that represents 12,000 rank-and-file Chicago police officers. And in your campaign video, you say that reform efforts have led to attacks by the FOP and that the union clings to the old ways that undercut progress. What roadblocks specifically does the FOP present for the reform agenda you laid out at the start of our interview? You know, I think we have to have honest conversations with the people about how we use our resources. When when we came in in 2016, it was the bloodiest year since 99. And yes, we were arresting and prosecuting a lot of people for low-level nonviolent offenses, but that's little comfort to the people who lost people to gun violence, the 760-plus people who were murdered, or the 4,000 people who were shot. And so our reallocation of our resources, our efforts on you know conviction integrity, I worked in the office in 2012 when you know, 60 Minutes did a profile and called Cook County and the Cook County State's Attorney's Office the false confession capital of the United States. In that time period, in the last three years, we have vacated the wrongful convictions of 80 men and women. 
Um, and that is meant going back and looking at old cases and looking at police misconduct. For example, with the Sergeant Watts cases, where we've had over 60 men and women whose convictions have been vacated because of the corrupt actions of this particular police officer. Now, for some, that rankles um, them that we're going back and looking at these cases, and that doesn't sit well with the FOP. But I have an obligation to ensure the integrity of our criminal justice system, and that means righting the wrongs of the past um, and making sure that those people who've been wrongfully convicted have their convictions vacated. How would you characterize your relationship with CPD as a whole? The Chicago Police Department is a partner to us in this work. They are, on the cases that come from the city of Chicago, they're witnesses on our case. And what I can tell you is that the hardworking men and women in the Chicago Police Department, laying their lives on the line every day, are dedicated to keeping our community safe. What this has to be and has been about for myself and the superintendent, rising above rhetoric and politics to, to, to work on behalf of the people of Cook County. And I can tell you the, the men and women of the Cook County State's Attorney's Office who are equally as dedicated uh, to this work have a, a working relationship that people can, can be proud of. I, I want to talk a little bit about bill reform. And you mentioned the superintendent, Eddie Johnson. Of course, he's retiring at the end of the year. But is there any evidence that bail reform has made Cook County residents less safe? Both Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot and CPD Superintendent Eddie Johnson have said as much. You know, what I will say is that, you know, the superintendent and the mayor have been very proud about the fact that violent crime statistics have gone down over the course of the last three years. You know, since December of 2016, you know, violent crime has gone down month over month, year over year. And that's because of the hard work that's being done on the ground with our police partners, community engagement, um, and, and quite frankly, the mayor. And so as violent crime has gone down, while at the same time we've implemented bail reform, would suggest that there is no correlation that crime is going up. In fact, the evidence suggests otherwise. And again, it's why I'm so grateful to have the support of Mayor Lightfoot um, in this race, because just as she's concerned about, you know, keeping communities safe um, and knows about our efforts on bail reform, um, we're working together uh, to make sure that our communities are safe. Well, we hear from police and prosecutors that a big barrier to getting convictions on violent crimes is a lack of witness cooperation. Many of the witnesses don't come forward because they fear retaliation. What is your office doing to encourage and protect witnesses? So we've done a number of things. One, we have our community justice centers where we have prosecutors who are in neighborhoods building relationships and rapport with the people who we will ultimately need to help us in our in our prosecution. Second, we have what we call our victim witness unit, which is 80 men and women in our office whose sole purpose is to work with victims and witnesses of crime uh, to walk them through the criminal justice system in the process. Um, on occasion, we have the opportunity to have resources uh, to do relocation, but certainly we can use a lot more of that, more, a lot more resources to do that. But it has also meant reinvesting in the integrity of our system, having people trust that when they work with law enforcement, when they work with the prosecutor's office, that it will have positive outcomes. And that's why things like our Conviction Integrity Unit and things like making sure that we're not criminalizing poverty, things that undermine the integrity of our system, why we need those reforms in place so that the people who need to rely on the system trust 
that it's there for them. Well, the state's DNA evidence testing backlog is jamming up the courts and, and delaying justice for victims. Experts and the state police say prosecutors contribute to that backlog by asking for testing on more evidence than is needed or waiting on test results when they aren't central to a case. What kinds of internal discussions are you having about how and when DNA evidence should be used? You know, we have to look at the facts of our case um, and, and the evidence that we need on a case-by-case basis. And certainly we want to make sure that in our pursuit of justice that we have all the evidence that we need uh, to meet our burden. And so that's an ongoing conversation that we have. We certainly believe that we need to do more for the backlog of DNA cases. But I will be frank, that is an investment in the resources to provide that testing to be done. I don't ever want to look at a victim of a sexual assault case and say that we didn't have DNA tested or that we didn't ask for it um, because of concerns about budgets. There's no cost too high for us to be able to seek justice for our victims. When you were elected in 2016, your key supporter was Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle. Uh, You also got help from longtime Alderman Ed Burke. As Burke's criminal case plays out, are you concerned about your ties to him? Yeah, Jen, I was very honored to receive the support of Governor Pritzker, Mayor Lightfoot, Senators Duckworth and Durbin, as well as our congressional delegation who have risen above politics to support the work that we're doing in the Cook County State's Attorney's Office. And I'm proud of the work that we've done, again, to move criminal justice forward. I think the people of Cook County recognize that we have a real opportunity to continue to move justice forward and not go backwards. And so I stand with those who are engaged in this work, um, who've put this work over politics. um, And that's what I'm very proud of right now. That's Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox. Thanks for speaking with us. Thank you, Jen. Let's turn now to WBEZ criminal justice reporter Patrick Smith for a closer look at Kim Fox's re-election bid. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Jen. So she's been fundraising for months now, but officially launched her re-election campaign last week. Let's take a listen. Four years ago, I ran for state's attorney to change criminal justice in Cook County. I'm running again because we're only getting started. What message is she trying to convey in this ad? Well, in the ad that came out last week, she's really kind of trying to do two things at once. One, she's trying to say... She's a reformer. She's different from the typical law and order prosecutor type. But she's also trying to show that she cares about victims of violent crime and that she's tough on violent crime. And you can see her doing that through her identity in both ways. You know, she's talking about being a black woman coming from Cabrini Green. That's why she says that makes her uniquely positioned to reform the criminal justice system. She says that's also why she cares deeply about protecting victims of violent crime and prosecuting serious offenders. You can see she's trying to respond to criticism that she's gotten in her first term, while at the same time not sort of losing the the base of people that elected her in the first place. Well, speaking of that criticism, Fox has been heavily criticized for the way her office handled the Jesse Smollett case. And and you heard in our conversation there, she doesn't really want to get into specifics, but she says they're making changes in the office. What do we know about any concrete changes that have actually happened as a result? Well, I don't know about any concrete changes. I mean, one thing we know for sure is that there is a special prosecutor who's looking into the way Fox and Fox's office handled this particular case. I mean, we know that in the aftermath of this, which was a, a a big, at the very least, a public relations disaster mm-hmm. for, for Kim Fox, you know, she let go of her, one of her press people um, 
one of the people who was advising her and told her to recuse herself left the office as well. So we know that there were some some heads that rolled after this. I don't know about what structural changes have happened. And she's not really, as, as we just heard in the interview, she's not getting very specific about that. Well, as we also heard, Fox says her top achievements since taking office in 2016 include, quote, taking on violent crime while addressing criminal justice reforms. How has her office tackled those issues? Well, I mean, again, it kind of gets back to that twofold um, narrative that she was trying to say in the ad, which is, you know, to address violent crime, she's got this gun, these gun crimes units. Uh, these are prosecutors who specifically handle gun crimes. They, they work out of police districts. And, and she says that they've increased the number of gun crime prosecutions by, by I think, I think the number in her ad is like 70 percent higher than before she took over. She says it makes the area safer where these prosecutors work. And then she says she's doing that while also not prosecuting low level offenses or not prosecuting them in the same way. A big one, you know, they, they don't go after retail theft in the same way that 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 Anita Alvarez's office did before Kim Fox took over and then her support for bail reform. So those are sort of bail reform and not going after these low level offenders is sort of the reform. And then but she says, despite the reform, I'm really tough on violent crime. Well, one of Fox's most vocal critics is the Fraternal Order of Police. That's the union that represents Chicago police officers. And she says her office and CPD have a, quote, working relationship that people can be proud of. You follow criminal justice very closely. How would you characterize that relationship? Well, yeah, I mean, it's clear the police union does not like her. And I think there's at least, at the very least, skepticism, maybe outright mistrust by a lot of rank-and-file police officers of Kim Fox. They think that she, uh, you know, is easy on criminals, basically, and and is making the city less safe because of of her reform efforts. I think what she said in in, in your interview with her, though, is probably about right, which is, Whatever the average police officer thinks of Kim Fox herself, the prosecutors and police officers and detectives who are working every day, I think that they probably work together the same way they did before Kim Fox took office. They all have jobs they want to do, they, they, and they all want to serve justice. So I'm not sure that it's really having a big impact on the way they're working together, however they may feel about her personally. I want to listen to a little more of the interview. Fox said that some law enforcement officers may be uncomfortable about her office's work on wrongful convictions. For some, that rankles um, them that we're going back and looking at these cases. And that doesn't sit well with the FOP. But I have an obligation to ensure the integrity of our criminal justice system. And that means righting the wrongs of the past um, and making sure that those people who've been wrongfully convicted have their convictions vacated. How much does this play into the tension in the relationship between Fox's office and, and CPD? Well, I'm not sure. I mean, she's been criticized very, very pointedly by the police union about these wrongful convictions. Uh, I will say, you know, she said in the interview, I think it's more than 80 or 80 people. The majority of those come from cases tied to a team led by disgraced Sergeant Ronald Watts. Him and and one of his partners were convicted in federal court of planning drugs on people and bribery and, and things that and I haven't really heard any officers who are upset about overturning the Watts cases. It's really cases where people who've been convicted of murder or more serious violent crimes are being released and they think that that's not right. So she's been criticized for that a lot. I'm not sure how much it's affecting the, the day-to-day work. Again, I think that people are, are going to go to work and, and do the work they can. I will say she's expanded the Conviction Integrity Unit and, and taken a harder look at, at these sort of challenged convictions. Another issue that came up in our conversation was bail reform. Both Mayor Lori Lightfoot and Chicago Police Superintendent Eddie Johnson have suggested that bail reform makes Cook County residents less safe, but she pushed back on that. Let's listen. As violent crime has gone down, while at the same time we've implemented bail reform, would suggest that there is no correlation that crime is going up. In fact, the evidence suggests otherwise. 
Patrick, what do we know about how bail reform impacts Cook County residents? Well, I mean, we know it's been a decrease in the jail population, which is good for Cook County. Um, Shannon Heffernan, who's also on the criminal justice desk, she did a, a bail explainer over the summer when, when the city and the county were kind of trading barbs over bail reform. It's really helpful. One of the things that's in her story is numbers from the chief judge's office that show since this bail reform, the re-arrest rate for people out on bond is about the same. It's Eight out of ten are not rearrested, and then um, less than one percent of people who were released are charged with a new violent offense. So the numbers from the chief judge's office seem to indicate that that Fox is right that it's not made Cook County residents less safe. I will say, I mean, there's all sorts of you know um, you have to cut through those numbers in a number of ways. One. Crime's been going down since 2016 because 2016, as Kim Fox said, was just historically bad. The other thing is police don't catch a lot of violent offenders, so it's hard to know for sure what what the impact is. But the numbers that we do have seem to seem to suggest that Fox is right. Well, Fox has racked up endorsements from some of the most powerful politicians in the state. Governor J.B. Pritzker, Mayor Lightfoot, Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle, just to name a few. Talk about the impact of those endorsements on her reelection bid. Well, I don't know that any one individual has a big impact. I mean, she ran with the support of Cook County Tony, uh, Board President Tony Preckwinkle. I think a big one is Mayor Lightfoot because, a- as we were, we were talking about before, Lightfoot joined with CPD to sort of complain about bail reform. And, and if she was opposed to Kim Fox's reelection, you know, she's got a lot of uh, status and, and the city could have made this harder on Kim Fox. The fact that Lightfoot is... is Supporting her reelection bid, I think, shows that this will be a little easier than it could have been because life could have been taking those similar shots throughout the campaign. Well, quickly, I want you to tell us about some of the challengers who are trying to take her seat. Right. So we've got two Democrats, Bill Conway, who's a former prosecutor and a, uh, a Navy veteran. Uh, Donna Moore, also a former Cook County and federal prosecutor. She actually ran against Kim Fox in the last last go round in 2016 and lost. From the Republican side, we've got Christopher Foncook. He's a Republican, a former prosecutor. He also lost to Fox in 2016. And then uh, Pat O'Brien is a former judge and a former prosecutor. He was actually a Democrat when he ran for judge in 2006 and was elected. He's now running as a Republican because he thinks he has a better shot in the general election than in the primary where Fox already has the support of the Cook County Democratic Party. And when we talk about the two Democrats, Bill Conway and Donna Moore, how are they positioning themselves as alternatives to Kim Fox? Well, that's interesting. I mean, Moore, as I said, you know, has run before. She's certainly positioning herself as more law and order type than Fox. Conway, if you look at sort of what he's saying about his what he wants to do, he's kind of trying to tell the same story that Fox is telling about her, which is I'm going to go really hard at the violent offenders and I'm going to take it easy on the nonviolent offenders because we can ruin lives. That's more or less Fox's, you know, M.O. as well. I guess Conway's just claiming he could do it better. And what about the Republicans? Well, from the Republicans, I think O'Brien is, is the interesting name. The fact that you have a former judge, he was a high rank. He ranked really high in the Cook County State's Attorney's Office at one point. It'll be interesting to see if he makes it to the uh, general election, what happens. That's WBEZ criminal justice reporter Patrick Smith. Patrick, thanks. Thanks. And that's today's Reset. Whether you're traveling, shopping, or just working for the holiday, make Reset a part of your week. I'm Jen White. Thanks for listening, and let's talk again soon. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.